Chapter two, part two of Elective Affinities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Elective Affinities by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Chapter two, part two. Under the stimulus of this accident and of the conversations which arose out of it, they went the following day to look over the burying place for the ornamenting of which and relieving it in some degree of its sombre look the architect made many a happy proposal his interest too had to extend itself to the church as well a building which had caught his attention from the moment of his arrival it had been standing for many centuries built in old german style the proportions good the decorating elaborate and excellent and one might easily gather that the architect of the neighbouring monastery had left the stamp of his art and of his love on this smaller building also it worked on the beholder with a solemnity and a sweetness although the change in its internal arrangements for the protestant service had taken from it something of its repose and majesty the architect found no great difficulty in prevailing on charlotte to give him a considerable sum of money to restore it externally and internally in the original spirit and thus as he thought to bring it into harmony with the resurrection field which lay in front of it he had himself much practical skill and a few labourers who were still busy at the lodge might easily be kept together until this pious work too should be completed the building itself therefore with all its environs and whatever was attached to it was now carefully and thoroughly examined and then showed itself to the greater surprise and delight of the architect a little side chapel which nobody had thought of beautifully and delicately proportioned and displaying still greater care and pains in its decoration it contained at the same time many remnants carved and painted of the implements used in the old services when the different festivals were distinguished by a variety of pictures and ceremonies and each was celebrated in its own peculiar style it was impossible for him not at once to take this chapel into his plan and he determined to bestow especial pains on the restoring of this little spot as a memorial of old times and of their taste he saw exactly how he would like to have the vacant surfaces of the walls ornamented and delighted himself with the prospect of exercising his talent for painting upon them but of this at first he made a secret to the rest of the party before doing anything else he fulfilled his promise of showing the ladies the various imitations of and designs from old monuments vases and other such things which he had made and when they came to speak of the simple barrow sepulchres of the northern nations he brought a collection of weapons and implements which had been found in them he had got them exceedingly nicely and conveniently arranged in drawers and compartments laid on boards cut to fit them and covered over with cloth so that these solemn old things in the way he treated them had a smart dressy appearance and it was like looking into the box of a trinket merchant having once begun to show his curiosities and finding them prove serviceable to entertain our friends in their loneliness every evening he would produce one or other of his treasures they were most of them of german origin pieces of metal old coins seals and such like all these things directed the imagination back upon old times and when at last they came to amuse themselves with the first specimens of printing woodcuts and the earliest copper-plate engraving and when the church in the same spirit was growing out every day more and more in form and colour like the past they had almost to ask themselves whether they really were living in a modern time whether it were not a dream that manners customs modes of life and convictions were all really so changed after such preparation a great portfolio which at last he produced had the best possible effect it contained indeed principally only outlines and figures but as these had been traced upon original pictures 
they retained perfectly their ancient character and most captivating indeed this character was to the spectators all the figures breathed only the purest feeling every one if not noble at any rate was good cheerful composure ready recognition of one above us to whom all reverence is due silent devotion in love and tranquil explanation was expressed on every face on every gesture the old bald-headed man the curly-pated boy the light-hearted youth the earnest man the glorified saint the angel hovering in the air all seemed happy in an innocent satisfied pious expectation the commonest object had a trait of celestial life and every nature seemed adapted to the service of god and to be in some way or other employed upon it towards such a region most of them gazed as towards a vanished golden age or on some lost paradise only perhaps ottilie had a chance of finding herself among beings of her own nature who could offer any opposition when the architect asked to be allowed to paint the spaces between the arches and the walls of the chapel in the style of these old pictures and thereby leave his own distinct memorial at a place where life had gone so pleasantly with him he spoke of it with some sadness for he could see in the state in which things were that his sojourn in such delightful society could not last for ever indeed that perhaps it would now soon be ended for the rest these days were not rich in incidents yet full of occasion for serious entertainment we therefore take the opportunity of communicating something of the remarks which ottilie noted down among her manuscripts to which we cannot find a fitter transition than through a simile which suggested itself to us on contemplating her exquisite pages there is we are told a curious contrivance in the service of the english marine the ropes in use in the royal navy from the largest to the smallest are so twisted that a red thread runs through them from end to end which cannot be extracted without undoing the whole and by which the smallest pieces may be recognised as belonging to the crown just so is there drawn through ottilie's diary a thread of attachment and affection which connects it all together and characterises the whole and thus these remarks these observations these extracted sentences and whatever else it may contain were to the writer of peculiar meaning even the few separate pieces which we select and transcribe will sufficiently explain our meaning from ottilie's diary to rest hereafter at the side of those whom we love is the most delightful thought which man can have when once he looks out beyond the boundary of life what a sweet expression is that he was gathered to his fathers of the various memorials and tokens which bring nearer to us the distant and the separated none is so satisfactory as a picture to sit and talk to a beloved picture even though it be unlike has a charm in it like the charm which there sometimes is in quarrelling with a friend we feel in a strange sweet way that we are divided and yet cannot separate we entertain ourselves often with a present person as with a picture he need not speak to us he need not look at us or take any notice of us we look at him we feel the relation in which we stand to him such relation can even grow without his doing anything towards it without his having any feeling of it he is to us exactly as a picture one is never satisfied with a portrait of a person that one knows i have always felt for the portrait painter on this account one so seldom requires of people what is impossible and of them we do really require what is impossible they must gather up into their picture the relation of everybody to its subject all their likings and all dislikings they must not only paint a man as they see him but as every one else sees him it does not surprise me if such artists become by degrees stunted but indifferent and all of one idea and indeed it would not matter what came of it if it were not that in consequence we have to go without the pictures of so many persons near and dear to us 
it is too true the architect's collection of weapons and old implements which were found with the bodies of their owners covered with great hills of earth and rock proves to us how useless is man's so great anxiety to preserve his personality after he is dead and so inconsistent people are the architect confesses to have himself opened these barrows of his forefathers and yet goes on occupying himself with memorials for posterity but after all why should we take it so much to heart is all that we do done for eternity do we not put on our dress in the morning to throw it off again at night do we not go abroad to return home again and why should we not wish to rest by the side of our friends though it were but for a century when we see the many gravestones which have fallen in which have been defaced by the footsteps of the congregation which lie buried under the ruins of the churches that have themselves crumbled together over them we may fancy the life after death to be as a second life into which a man enters in the figure or the picture or the inscription and lives longer there than when he was really alive but this figure also this second existence dies out too sooner or later time will not allow himself to be cheated of his rights with the monuments of men or with themselves End of chapter 2